This week on the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, we look back to the beginning of the VIP ticket program experiences that started 20 years ago. Who first started it? How did it start? And what were some of the lessons we learned along the way? Welcome to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, founded in 2011 and with over 500 weekly episodes, where Michael Brandvold and Jay Gilbert, two longtime music industry pros, discuss the very latest trends, tools, and tactics that you need Subscribe to Subscribe on YouTube, follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. You got Mike. You got Jay. We're back this week. We took off last week. I was deep in the middle (laughs) of uh, moving from Sausalito up to Petaluma. And uh, I was hoping my internet connection was going to be working and great last week to record. But... uh, you know, just to be brutally honest, Comcast shit the brick on this move for me royally to the point where they, instead of moving my service, they deactivated my service completely. They canceled my account. Yeah. So, but it started off really well. I remember getting a text from you and you just moved in. And you're like, oh my God, the internet's, it's already on. Yeah. It's, that's great. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And then like a couple hours later, oh it's man. It's not working. It's not working. Yeah, I mean, we we moved in on a Tuesday. I told Comcast I wanted the new service to start on the Tuesday. I plug in the modem because it's got a nine-year-old daughter, and I'm like, we need to get her sitting in the back of a bedroom playing video games to stay out of the way of the movers as all the stuff is coming in. And the internet worked. It just worked. I was like, oh, it's my lucky day. And then 24 hours later, literally. All of a sudden, out of the blue in the middle of the afternoon, internet stopped working. And I couldn't, I I wouldn't say I'm a super geeky IT tech, but I've done enough IT tech work in my life that yeah. I, let's put it this way, I know more than the average guy that worked at Radio Shack knew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't get it to work. I had finally called them up and they, they said, oh, it was our mistake. We accidentally deactivated your account rather than transferring your account. So we got to do all this to get you back online, which they did. They got me back online, but that was half of the problem. I, I don't want to get into the whole other ordeal, but be yeah, a whole nother episode. You know, last week was 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 Comcast Internet Hell. I will just say Comcast service when it works is fucking phenomenal, top notch. If you got to call somebody for support you're going to be SOL because their support gave me like multiple different answers from multiple different people. Yeah. And finally had, I finally had a tech rep come out and the tech rep was superb. I mean, the, the hats off to the rep who came out here. He explained everything to me, showed me how everything works, got me super excited for basically Wi-Fi 6E. Holy crap, guys, honest to God, when Wi-Fi 6E rolls out everywhere, you aren't going to need an Ethernet connection for anything ever again. You can be getting like 1,200 megabit per second upload and download over Wi-Fi. It's it's incredible. I mean, I'm just like, I need a new device that supports this. I want a new yeah. device now. Yeah, me too. Um, so anyway, that was why we were off last week. But we're back this week. Yep. Um, before we get started on today's little discussion, just a 
quick shout out and thank you to Bruce and everybody at HypeBot and Bands in Town for all you do to support the Music Biz Weekly podcast. We greatly appreciate everything. And of course, to our sponsors, uh, Bandzoogle.com. Bandzoogle makes it so easy to build a stunning website and EPK for your music in minutes. All the features you need are already built in, including dozens of fully customizable templates, tools to sell music, merch, and tickets commission-free. By the way, Bandzoogle members have now surpassed $100 million in commission-free sales. Mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters. Integrations with all sorts of services like Bandcamp, SoundCloud, YouTube, bands in town, and more, so you can easily add content from your other online profiles. And, of course, amazing live tech support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. Jay, you and I have both used their tech support. Their tech support is not like Comcast. Bandzoogle's support is top-notch. Music Biz Weekly podcast listeners, head over to bandzoogle.com. Sign up and try it for free for 30 days and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY, all one word, and you'll get 15% off the first year of any subscription. That's bandzoogle.com, promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY. And of course, thank you to our sponsor, discmakers.com. As you know, vinyl has been mostly a label product up to now. High prices and tight supply with resulting long lead times kept the independent artists largely on the sidelines, yet artists want vinyl, but not many of them end up moving forward. Why? Price and turn times. Most artists don't know how many records they'll sell, so they want to start with the smallest quantity possible to test the waters. Up till this week, 100 records at Disc Makers would cost you $1,990 to press, but that's a lot of money, 20 bucks a record. And it compares unfavorably to the cost of making 100 CDs. So Disc Makers has decided to rip the Band-Aid off and relaunch their entry-level vinyl strategy with an offer of 100 records for $1,299. We want to truly democratize the vinyl market for DIY artists. And they believe Disc Makers is the only company that can execute and scale this. They have the ability and resources to do the marketing and scale the sales, graphic, and customer service resources required. So head over to discmakers.com. If you are looking for vinyl, now you can get 100 records for $1,299. Nice. So, Jay, um, I threw this out as a topic because we didn't schedule a guest because, again, we weren't quite sure what my internet was going to be like. Um, Yesterday was the 20th anniversary of what? I consider the very first major artist, touring artist, VIP program. 20 years ago yesterday, KISS launched their tour with Aerosmith at Hartford, Connecticut. And that was the first night they did their $1,000 a ticket VIP platinum experience that I helped launch for them. What was included in that, Mike? So, so for a thousand dollars, you got a guaranteed ticket. I think it was in the first or second row. Most of them ended up being in the first row. Um, You got obviously a photo with the band in makeup. Got to meet the guys. You got an autographed tour book. You got 
I think we were giving away a set of guitar picks. This was way before every band is selling their guitar picks on their stores now. Um, Cause those, the guitar picks we gave out were literally coming from their, their road techs who were just giving us bags of picks. Um, you got uh, an exclusive t-shirt just for that experience. You got an exclusive laminate for that experience. And then you got to have other personal items autographed by the band. And we limited it to 25 people per show. So I thought, you know, we maybe just a real quick look back. How did the VIP experience come to be? And how what did it led evolve, to this? Right? How did it evolve? So, so again, we're talking 20 years ago. Um, and basically it, it's crazy how simple this was that it evolved. Well, they you were, were one of the pioneers a, of this, which I think is yeah, really no, no, interesting. No other artist had been doing this. I'm not saying there might not have been spot artists that did meet and greets or whatever, but, but it, no, yeah. nobody had set out to do the, not like we're this. selling yeah. what you're used to now, a paid meet and greet for significant money to get photos and do all this. Other. Never been done. It before. was so organized yeah. and so well done, but I learned something from you when you first started doing this, something talk about what sort of surprised you what you learned because well, you kind of have these assumptions of what's going to happen well right? i was going to say we actually had zero assumptions because i was chatting with somebody in an artist managers group yesterday um and i was saying you know as soon as, as this was happening we were having meetings in advance of it going on sale going will anybody know what's do gonna it happen we we don't nobody's done this before nobody has sold you uh, didn't know uh, if you get two people or 25 yeah, we had no idea. Was it going to be a bomb or was it going to be a success? And, you know, we were we were all worried. So, you know, when the tickets went on sale, we were like all watching the the e-commerce store because we were selling them just like a T-shirt. It wasn't being sold through Ticketmaster or anything. Believe me, Ticketmaster, none of these other people were selling anything like this at the time. We were selling it in the Kiss online store right next to a T-shirt here by the VIP meet and greet. We were just like, okay, what's the sales report going to be? What's the sales report going to be? And, and, you know, within 24 hours, we were like, all right, we got a success because we sold out of these VIP tickets on every show. At but then we still, we had no understanding or assumptions of what the experience was going to be like and how it was going to be received by fans when you get there. You know, I put it together as a fan looking at it going, what would I want? What would really make me happy as a fan? I wasn't. It wasn't all about the ROI. It was, okay, yeah, can we make good, some good money off of this? But what do we have to do to make sure the fan thinks this is worth $1,000 and has a great time? And, you know, we, we put together that little package that nowadays is quite bare bones compared to what many bands will do. But that's what it started at because the demand back then was basically fans wanted two things. They wanted a great seat and they wanted to meet the band and get a photo with the band. That was it. All that other stuff we just threw in because we could, as the merchandising company, throw it in for almost next to nothing. But we knew what we were selling to the fans that they wanted. Um, but what we didn't on, you know, we all kind of did assume this is a one time in your life purchase. It's a thousand dollars per ticket 
That's not chump change. That's a lot of fucking money. And we pretty much figured, yeah, you know, they'll buy one, they'll do it, and they'll be happy and they're done because they're not going to come back and spend $1,000 again and again and again. We did not anticipate reoccurring return sales from existing customers yeah. in the VIP world. It just and let's talk, let's talk about that for a second because I think that's that was eye opening when people would come back the next year and do it again and have not that even the next signed. year. A Might couple even be a shows later, yeah, exactly. A couple shows so, later. So one of the things that I've learned from working with Rick Springfield is there is this large group of women, mostly that not only will do the paid meet and greet, but they'll do it night after night, after night, after night, tour after tour. And some of them have done them dozens of times. And what I learned is that that photo of that person with the artist, that becomes currency because then that group of fans they see on Facebook and Instagram. Yep. Oh, and you were at the and, show. Oh, you went, you got yeah. to go backstage. Oh, how and was, I'm a bigger fan than you are, Mike, because I've got the more recent picture yeah. of me with the band and yours is from three tours ago. So I can't, you have to keep it fresh. And I've got the more recent thing with the artist. So it's sort of become currency. It, it, it really has. So what, what we quickly learned after just a couple shows maybe a week or two into the tour was there were starting to be a couple return customers <laughs> and, and, and we were like, well, return for what? Well, they went to the first meet and greet. They got the photo. They went home. They took that high res photo to uh, a print shop and had it printed out as a poster. And it, back then we were allowing fans to bring a handful of personal items to the meet and greets to get autographed in addition to the autograph tour book that you were given already. So you could bring some records, you could bring photos, you could bring whatever, you, you know, you could, you could bring your guitar in, whatever. You could bring some items in to get autographed. Obviously now many years, 20 years later, that's even become limited because too many fans would bring in a hundred albums. Uh, they'd bring in, um, you know, multiple guitars and then they'd end up on eBay and shit like that. But, Back then, it wasn't an issue 20 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, but we started to see a fan show up at a meet and greet, and they'd unroll this poster of the photo from a week ago. And we just like, wow, you, that's great. I mean, you spent another $1,000. You got another photo. You got the whole package all over again, just so they could get the band to then autograph this poster that then they took home framed, put up in the living room. I mean, I've seen so many of these photos from fans that that's, that's what fans were doing is initially they were bringing photos back and saying, autograph my photo with you. Yeah. Then by the end of the tour, after the buzz got out about how well it was organized and how well you treated the fans, fans were getting to the point where they're like, well, the only way I want to go to a concert is to have that sort of treatment. I just want, you know, I want somebody special waiting off to the side of the stage to escort me in and make sure I get to my seats. And, you know, a lot of times it's like, all right, you've got access to a restroom in the backstage area, or you've got, you know, and now they've started adding in food and hors d'oeuvres and, and some places will include 
special VIP parking up front. Fans eventually were like, I just don't want to go to a show unless I can. Well, it's like flying first class. Yeah, Once you've flown exactly. first class, you're ruined because when you sit back and coach with your knees against the seat, you're like, I, I don't want to go back up there. Yeah. So, so many people were doing it just because listen, they Spoiled. knew it was a guaranteed way to get a great seat. It was a guaranteed way to have somebody who was there to help you, to take care of you. And it doesn't hurt that every time you did it, yeah, you got to go hang out backstage and you got to meet the band and they started to recognize yeah. you from show after show after show. And yeah. you could get different things autographed and you could ask different questions. So that's, those are two of the positive things we quickly yeah. learned about the VIPs. One of the, one of the somewhat, you could probably call this on a negative side that we, we didn't anticipate was so obviously once the kiss thing was a, a big success and it was known in the industry band after band was like, how do we do this? How do we get in on this? Because got to remember back in 2000, this is when, digital the the artist album sales were basically on their way out they were they were not making that money so they were looking for new revenue streams and this was a great revenue stream for all bands to tap into you're already on tour you're already at a venue here's just another way you could make you know a few hundred thousand dollars more that night just by meeting a yeah. few more fans yeah um, so everybody was interested in it and we started signing up and we started doing programs and for a lot of major artists and I won't name the artists, but there were two artists that are big classic rock artists that we quickly learned. The problem was not every band member in the band wants to do the meet and greets. Yep. And in, in one of these bands specifically, one of the guitar players is very much an introvert and there's nothing wrong with that, but he's just an introvert. He doesn't like being in crowds. You know, and you kind of go, yeah, but you're a rock star. That's, I'm, yeah, but you'd be, you'd be surprised how many rock stars actually are introverts. Um, you know, being on the stage is not like being in the crowd because in the stage, it's your, it's your world, it's your room. And there's a separation there. It's not like you are in, a crowded room with 200 people pushing up against you. Well, we found out this one guitarist, he didn't even show up. He refused to show up to the meet and greets, even though he was sold as being a participant in it. And the fans obviously were upset that they didn't get to meet the entire band, which caused financial issues that we resolved, but it was quickly going back to managers going, okay, you want have an artist that wants to do this you're either all the way in or you're not doing it at all. Yeah. There, there, there's, there's no pay to meet two people pay to meet one person. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you know, you, you have to either then cancel the program outright because this person's not going to be there. The, the, the other art, the other big classic rock artist, it was, well, this week, all the band members showed up, but next week, one of the guys just didn't feel like showing up because he wanted to go, hang out with his friends after the show instead. So we didn't know. Again, you commit to doing a meet and greet, you attend the meet and greet. There's yeah. no freaking excuse because yeah. these, it, 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 if, if it was a radio station, that's one thing. Those, those are free meet and greets. 
These are your most diehard fans that paid hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to be there. So you're not delivering what they paid for. That's right. It's exactly the opposite of what you want to do, because when you said you did the first tour, everybody was happy. Everybody was posting on social media. They were telling their friends. Everybody was happy. And you were smart to give them what they wanted, because if you get a disgruntled super fan, they're going to do the opposite. They're going to tell everybody on social media. They're going to tell everybody they know don't do that thing with this band. It sucked. And it, it, sucked. it can it was really no harm. Yeah. You can it wasn't really worth the money. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and so that's really important to your, to your point. If you're going to do it. Yeah. Not only do you have to be all in, but you got to want to do it. You were talking about kiss. They're so good at the conversation and the banter and the humor and all of that. Not all artists are good at that. Not all, all right. artists want to do that. But one of the fascinating things I've, loved watching about all this is the evolution so yes pretty much every band does some type of experience now whether it's you know some type of meet and greet but now even beyond a lot of bands are doing these experiences without the band so for example the rock band ghost is finishing up their tour in september in los angeles and you can sign up for an experience where you can go to a lounge early in the venue prior to everybody else getting in there's some food and drink you can you know see the stage you can have uh, get into this area that is a little closer to the stage other people can't get into but it doesn't involve meeting the band and i'm seeing more and more of these experiences like let's talk about wasp for a second right there i really loved watching people get their photo taken by that really cool mic stand and if you haven't seen it google yep. it because it's yep. a piece of art but it's not a mic stand it's a work of it's, art it's it's, it's a, a skeleton it's a, robot, it's, a, it's a robot skeleton like out of terminator yeah it's it's like nothing i could really describe but you can get your picture taken next to it and that sounds silly but it's actually really cool the other thing is talk a little bit about how kiss has evolved like now you can do these uh experiences where you can go over to Paul's station on his stage, put on his boots. You can yeah. go over to the drum kit and get your picture taken in front of Eric's drum kit. I mean, it, 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 it it's evolved in, in a way that, you know, 20 years ago, we in the industry didn't, we, we just assumed nobody's interested in, in all this collateral stuff that goes on in a show. They just want yeah. to meet the artist, but frankly, every, everything has a value to it and and you know again the kiss meet and greet started out with literally just meet the band get a photo with the band spend about 15 minutes casually hanging out with the band talking with them getting autographs that was it then they kind of evolved evolved from there to well now they're going to do a private acoustic performance backstage for the vip people so the four guys sit down and they're playing songs that aren't going to be played at the show that night. Bands are calling out stuff. The band's trying it. It's an acoustic show for 20, 30 minutes. Yep. And I've seen which, them bring some of the fans in, some of the young fans let, to sit let, down let the and play with them play for the fun. drums or whatever. Nobody or was doing that. And now yeah, one of my yeah. clients, um, they finished up a tour in Nashville at the City Winery, uh, the Accidentals. And they did, prior to letting everybody in, they did an acoustic set right there on the stage for that. And that's something that kiss really pioneered. And I remember going to a few of those thinking, who does this? 
you know, I mean, it was such an intimate thing and they were playing songs that they weren't going to play that night. And some right. of them were a little deep or in the catalog. Some songs that, yeah, again, are very much deep cuts or songs that may have never been played in concert, period, live in yeah. concert. And you'll so never forget that experience. You, you, you won't. And then that evolved into what's now fairly common, a sound check experience. Yeah. So, you know, again, 20 years ago, sound check was often not done by bands at all. It was the tech guys who go out there and just check the lines and everything else. Yeah. You know, that, (laughs) that, that was a sound check. Now, you know, the guys in kiss will plug in and play an electric sound check performance in the arena for the VIPs. Yeah. Um, But what's the full evolution of that is that's the band experience. Each guy in the band is also selling individual experiences. So do you want, do you want the axe bass guitar that Gene Simmons plays during God of Thunder and his blood routine at that show? It's going to be covered in blood. You can buy that stage played guitar for that one song. And after the show, you'll go backstage. You'll have a one-on-one meet and greet with Gene. He'll be in makeup, all bloodied and messed up. He'll take photos with you. He'll he'll autograph whatever you want on this guitar. Well, a lot of them, and, Mike, and, and, I've and, noticed and, 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 that they sign ahead of time. And so there's there's one other photo, because I remember one night seeing Kiss where Gene went out on stage, and on the bass he was playing on stage, it said, to Joe, blah, blah, blah. I had the signature already on it. And I, I noticed that they got the picture of him playing it on stage and then all that other stuff afterwards. Yep. I don't know if that's yep. a, a bigger experience, but that's taking it to a whole different level. That, you know, that so, so yeah, you can get stage played bass guitars, you know, uh, Tommy Thayer stage, yeah. stage played guitar, Paul Stanley stage played guitar. You could buy the smashed guitar that he smashes at every show. You can buy his microphone, the, the mic, the cable, everything that's wrapped around it. Um, things that as artists and members of their team 20 years ago, we would have never thought of selling, let alone there was a demand to sell the stuff. I mean, now Gene even sells you. Yeah, I mean, if, if you know anything about Kiss, you know, he breathes fire every show. And he's got a special heavy duty sword that he uses to breathe fire. You can buy that sword that he uses to breathe fire at the show. Talk about an absolute unique one of a kind item from the show that you attended. And again, you get a whole VIP experience with the artist. You get that item. You get, and these are not cheap items. It's not like for that stage played bass, he's going out and buying a cheap Chinese knockoff. No, it's the real deal. You're, 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 you're buying the real instrument that they would use on any given night. It's the, you know, it's, it's the guitars that could cost. Yeah. $5,000, $10,000 for them to have made and buy. Yeah. Fans want that fan experience and it's even grown from there. I, I've got clients that if you go to their website, we all know about Patreon and OnlyFans and Thrills.co UK and some of those really great places. But even on their own, either, you know, website, Bandcamp, Patreon, you can 
you can get things like one of my artists does knits things and you can get a scarf that's hand knit from the artist, yep. right? They have these other things where you can play D and D if you like that game, D and D the fantasy game that one of my clients, if you're part of this um, Patreon, you can play this with a group of people, including the band, you know? So these experiences now, I was listening to this interview, uh, Michael Rapino from uh, Live Nation, Ticketmaster. And he was talking about how, experiences are a whole different thing now like they'll have they'll fly you out to an island and have your artist oh, play for you I, and a hundred of your play, I, favorite friends i remember friends. you know maybe 15 years ago or so mick fleetwood from fleetwood mac was selling a vip experience where you would fly to him fly to the show with him on his private jet <laughs> nice i you know so i mean what it's what's evolved to is Everything has a value and yeah. everything can be sold. I'm not saying everything should be sold, that but you have be. to sell everything, yeah. but you've got to look at everything and go, there's a value there. Do you as the band, um, you know, when you get to the arena or the venue beforehand, do you hang out in the parking lot playing some baseball, some softball, throwing some football? Well, guess what? You could probably sell an experience where your fans could play ball with you in the parking lot for a half hour. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, do you go bowling? Well, Hey, maybe you can go bowling with, with a bunch of fans. Yeah. Um, everything you do, everything you have. I mean, I remember 20 years ago telling some artists like that broken guitar string has got value. And now we do see some some artists take their guitar strings after a tour and turn them into necklaces and bracelets. And they'll have some fan that makes art out of them, but it's like, yeah, yeah that broken guitar string that Nikki six had on that Motley Crue show yeah. might normally just get dumped in the dumpster. Now it's got value because it's there's stage a fan played, that, right? It's stage played. And I was at the show. It's, it's, it's all that experience. And, and, you know, as we wind this thing down, I want to, tip my hat to kiss because they are sort of the pioneers in this all along but there's one thing that they do that i haven't seen a lot of other bands do yet and i haven't seen it at every show but definitely when they play in los angeles because i'm a photographer and a lot of times i'll shoot the shows from the photo pit they're now selling access to the photo pit yep. so on each side of the photo pit i don't know the number but let's just make up a number it's like six people or eight people whatever it is they have that better than front row experience yep you get no pit, obstruction pit to the show yep. yeah and again if it's if you want to see how it's done you know watch what they're doing but just look at what your favorite artists are offering and there's not a lot of revenue in streaming for a lot of artists they make maybe you know three to five thousand dollars for every million streams and that's if you're an indie artist and you own you're the rights holder so you have to look at things like premium vinyl and merch but you, you got to think about experiences because to your point earlier even if you're a developing artist and you've got a thousand people or 500 people coming every night not fifty thousand like you know taylor swift there's still demand. There's still fans that they want to get their picture taken with you. They want to get something signed. They want to have that um, recognition that they are a fan. And 
they are cheerfully paying that money. When I go see a band play, I always go to the merch table to support that band. And I'm usually disappointed when they don't have, let's say, vinyl or something that I can take home with me to as a souvenir from that show. I, I already have the music. I'm streaming it. So it's not even about the music. It's really more about that souvenir, that experience. And there's a lot of revenue in it, and and fans cheerfully want to give you that revenue. The, yes, there 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 can be a lot of untapped revenue out there in the VIP experience world. You've got to do it right. You you can't get by today with doing a VIP program that is nothing more than a photo and an autograph. That yeah. that that's 20 years ago. That's 20 years ago. Fans know there can be more to it than that. So you have to put on your creative hat and look at what you do, what you can offer. You have to know your fans. What do your fans want? Again, the reason yep. I could put together such a great program for KISS 20 years ago is I would, I'm a diehard KISS fan. I knew as a fan and being in the fan community what fans were wishing for. I wish we could do this. I wish yep. I could do this. I wish I had access to do this. How come I, how do I get a backstage pass? I can't win the radio station contest, whatever. So you have to pay attention and know your fans and you give them what they want. And it can be totally unique to you. No other artist has done this. I've heard of some artists that are like, yeah, I'm going to sit down and read a chapter out of my, my biography that I just released. Yeah. It's going to be me with, 20 fans sitting around me and I'm going to read to them. Great. Cause fans will pay for that. Fans want that. So you just have to do it right. You have to be fully committed to doing it right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you don't want to piss these, these people off. That's these the these are the last you people you want to upset. upset. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, 20 years ago, VIP programs started for the first time and here we are. I, you know, they are, they are an accepted fact of touring now. Yeah. The, this For whole VIP levels. where all levels need to be thinking of doing this. Um, it's, it's, and it's a great revenue stream again, yeah. you know, uh, somebody like kiss, you know, they, they had 25, $1,000 tickets per show on a 60 date tour. They sold them all out. You can do the math. And then they had smaller, less fancy packages they sold too. But that's that's money. That's money that was just there for the picking, basically. Yeah. If you do it the right way. Yeah. Um. All right. So just a quick shout out once again. Thank you to Bruce and everybody at Bands in Town and HypeBot, and of course to our sponsors, Bandzoogle.com and DiscMakers.com. We appreciate everything. Sure That's do. it. We will see everybody next week. Industry professionals listen to the Music Biz Weekly podcast. If you have a product or service and would like to reach this audience, get in touch with Michael or Jay to discuss sponsorship this opportunities. For Music Biz Weekly, provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.